0: This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, a talking crocodile and my friend who was mysteriously turned into a cat, Nick White. Hey. And Kate Lamphere. Hello. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm very excited to talk about comic books with you because we're talking about some of the strangest manga that the two of you could come up with and send my way. And boy, you did not disappoint. But before we get into that, I have two legally mandated questions that I need to ask you. And that is, how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Nick. Uh, it's It's been pretty good. You know, West Michigan Weather Watch,
1: it's been nice here, uh, except the pollen has been terrible. I spent a couple days uh, hacking and sneezing and uh, desperately ordering probably way too many Ricola drops. Uh, I've, I've, I have an excess of Ricola drops now, so uh, if you need any, just uh, let me know. I'll send some your way. Do you have to do the thing where you, like, call from the top Recola. of the Alps? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With the big, uh, I don't know what that is, Is like a like a flugelhorn or something. I didn't know that you know. could
2: say that word without singing it, so. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Believe me, it took a large <laughs> amount of restraint and two days of practicing. Uh, <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Nick's a professional. I'm now, a though. professional.
1: Yeah, uh, beyond that, I, I know uh, myself and probably some other people are adjusting to the fact that... Um, We do not have a Formula One race this weekend, uh, because, uh, Italy is flooded. Um, I'm sure some of you, yeah, yeah, it's flooded, um, that's uh. if you just go to cnn.com it just says Italy is flooded
0: front page. That's just it. And, I mean, um, that's that's not inaccurate, because when you told me that I Googled it and it was like the top five headlines were Italy experiencing massive flooding. So like it's parentheses, Nick told you this. Yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And um, so I'm sure some people are like, what am I going to do with my time? How am I going to be a productive citizen? I mean, good news. First off, y- you don't have to. Uh, and I, I I dug up my old Windows XP computer and I ran some simulations and I put together this mock-up of um, th- this week's race had it happened. So uh, you know, here it is for you. Um <laughs> 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 Welcome to the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix.
0: Max Verstappen wins. Okay, so now that the episode has been copyright strike from YouTube... Um, what does that mean? What does that mean? (laughs) What is what Max Verstappen wins the end. Is that, is that a theme song that we're supposed to be familiar with? That's all I'm asking. No, that was, that was, that was the theme song followed by the results of the race. So, Mm. um, okay. Okay. I feel like I just
2: watched (laughs) racing for the first time in my life. And the last. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Everyone in the chat, everyone in the discord chat is very confused right now. Um, so yeah, we can't put this on YouTube. So Danny's saying, sorry, Nick.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, what As, did you read? How about that? Let's get sure, just right into comics sure. now. So I, I did also read some books. I read Miss Truesdale and the Fall of Hyperborea, number one. This is Story by Mike Mignola. Uh, art and Colors by uh, Jesse Lonergan and Letters by Clem Robbins. Uh, is this a Hellboy book? Uh, kind of. I mean, there's a bunch of these books and they're correctly um, put under the moniker of a world of hellboy uh, which are like kind of tangential mm-hmm. for those who are unaware of who Jesse Lonergan is uh Lonergan um recently put out two graphic novels with image um <laughs> both in 2020 um Hedra and Planet Paradise mm-hmm. uh I would definitely recommend both um they're definitely both indie sci-fi but I would also say they're they're pretty different from one another, um, even aesthetically yeah. somewhat. I, I'm really just happy to see this. Um, and it's really in line with what we've seen from the Hellboy verse in recent years. Um, we've seen such artists as Matt Smith, and not 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 the one that travels in a phone booth, Matt Smith. Um, Gabriel sure. Walta, Lawrence Campbell. Bridget Connell, Peter Bergting, Leila DeLuca, just to name a few. Um, Mignola has really opened the door to a lot of different artists to take a crack at things um, and not just the ones that (laughs) look a lot like his own aesthetic, you know, like uh, Patrick Mm -hmm. Reynolds or or, uh, uh, Ben Stenbeck, for example. So, like, (laughs) what do you need to know to enjoy this comic if you're wondering if this is approachable? First off, it really is. Uh, The very, very short version is that in the Hellboy verse, the Hyperboreans uh, were basically the first race of man. Uh, And like all civilizations, they eventually um, fell, Uh, hence the name of the book. What does this have to do with Hellboy, Nick? What's the connection? Uh, To avoid any real spoilers that I think no one would care about. And also to avoid me having to read more lore um, than I remember. Uh, (laughs) Uh The Hyperboreans have a connection with Hellboy's uh, big right hand. um, And the fact that it was sort of like a sacred object at one point for them. And that is the extremely TLDR version of like two
0: decades worth of books. I was going to say, but you don't need to have like all of that lore compacted in your head I to read this book, right? So far, so
1: far, one issue in, uh, even that is largely irrelevant
0: um, okay. at this point. Um, I mean, I'm just here to get more Jesse Lonergan in my life. So if you're saying I could just jump into this book, I'm buying this as soon as we finish re- recording today.
1: And, and basically, that's it. If you want to just view this as an artist showcase... Uh, I, I think it's perfectly fine in that regard. Nice. Um, it, it follows this character who um, was enslaved and then is forced to fight as a gladiator. And uh, it has to do with like past lives and reincarnations. And I, I think most people will be fine. Um, there's some bookending context at the beginning and the end of the issue for those who want it. And... Um, so, it's there if you need it. But beyond that, it really just plays to Lonergan's strengths. You know, there's like seven or eight pages that are basically little or no dialogue, which makes sense given that I think Hedra didn't have any dialogue at all. Mm-hmm. And we don't quite get like the crazy wizardry that we got when it comes to Hedra in terms of like just brain melting panel work. But there is some clever, interesting little twists here. Uh, Lonergan uses the fight scene and like the, the, basically the sword slashes and hammer blows bisect and, and cut up the, the panel work themselves. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty fun and I, I enjoyed it and yeah, I, I would recommend this. I think most people will be fine so far. It seems perfectly fine.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. and, yeah. and, after I that, I also read. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say real quick about this. Like, I saw that his Jesse Lonergan on the cover of this, and I was like, hell yeah! I was really hoping that we were gonna get some like I think you mentioned this in your notes, like Hedra wizardry with the paneling and stuff. Um, but like to your to what you said before, there's pages without any dialogue. I think we know if you've read any of Lonergan's work, right? Beyond just this, mm. you know that anything that he's done, he it has a very interesting and unique way of being able to tell story without any dialogue in a way that very few artists i think can do successfully um like hedra is a perfect example of that even some of the stuff in planet paradise is like that um i think another book that i read recently was faster has a lot of that as well so like yeah, man. I'm 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 glad that this this ruled because I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I was gonna wait to collect the trade, but I think you're you're selling me that I need to pick up this first issue.
1: Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. Like I said, as as an artist showcase, it's it's perfectly fine. Um and so mm-hmm. far Mike Mignola has not, you know, decided to make this a real deep cut story. And I, you know, I, I appreciate that with him. He doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, have his head up his own ass on, you know, thinking that he needs to like gatekeep the fact that Hellboy does have this large, uh, overwhelming amount of lore. Um, if you want yeah. to get into it, um, totally. I I also did read faster. Uh, this was. We'll, uh, we'll get to
0: that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll, let's let's jump over to Kate real yeah, quick, we'll and then we, we can ju- get yeah. back to you. So, Kate, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been?
2: Good, yeah. Um, my obsessions are currently Gardening and Still Six of Crows and this series, which I never thought that I would read. This is um, Attack on Titan. I read volumes one through seven in the last week Kate, and a half. What?
0: Th- this, I'm sorry, but I feel like I know you pretty well. This <laughs> is not your vibe. What no. the fuck is going on?
2: I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> the K drama or the K manga app from Kadansha dropped, oh, and yeah. this was like their first oh, free right. read, and like it's all free through November or something like that. And I was like, "Yeah, nice. I'll just read." Like, I'll check out the first chapter of all of the free reads, and then I was through like mm-hmm. the first three volumes before I knew it. This is by Hajime Asayama, maybe
0: <laughs> is- Isayama. <probably>. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, and this is a pretty popular action manga, and it's got an anime adaptation. So if you read manga, you've probably heard of this. um, I never thought that I would get into it. Like just from the little bit that I know about it, I'm like, this is probably very action heavy. It's, you know, um I'm it's not something that I'm into. like it's got an action sequence on every single cover. I'm um, like I want some more depth to my story. um, but there is actually quite a bit of depth to this story. Like they keep it interesting. like there's there's like, Drama between humans and like okay, I should back up a little bit. I should summarize what this what the series is about. Um, totally, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so there are, um, if you haven't read it, um, there are these like human-like giants called titans, and it seems like they just want to eat humans. Like that seems to be their only purpose. Um, and so much of the remaining human population has collected in this city that has three layers of outer walls. And the Titans have broken through the first layer of wall and taken a large part of, like, that was, like, a significant chunk of the human area left on their planet or their country, yeah. wherever. Um, and the heroes of the story are, like, these teens who join the, or they want to join the Survey Corps, which is this group of people, like, almost kind of like a little army that goes out and tries to learn more about the Titans and, like, how to kill them more efficiently and to make Human safer basically um, mm-hmm. except that the only way to kill these things is to by cutting through this very specific part of the back of their neck and most people die trying to do that but actually part of like what I like about this is that I used to like rock climb and repel and like be very much a, a vertical sport <laughs> type of person mm-hmm. and and the way that they kill these things is they have vertical maneuvering gear where they like have like hydraulic um, powered, I don't know, ropes and and grappling yeah. hook type things, and like it's just really cool to see them like having to scale buildings and trees and these giant creatures, um, and I really enjoyed that part of it. But so so, I said that characters actually die in this series, like that keeps the stakes high, um, yeah. and I feel like the story does this good job of like, it makes you care for, for these characters, but then some of them die. (laughs) Um, but then there's this, yeah. But then then there's this, this mystery of like the Titans, like where are they from? How, are like, how do they keep, like, how are there more of them? Even though we're killing all of these things. Um, there's a lot of mystery going on in this book. And that keeps like, like a bad thing will happen. And I'll be like, I want to throw it across the room, but then I'm like, but they've already set up this mystery for this chapter. I have to keep reading. Um, um, yeah yeah yeah. And it's not just fighting the titans, there're also like political tensions between the humans and the settlement. Um some humans, you know, like there's they want to do certain things or not do certain things. Some people su- support the survey corps, some people don't. There are the mysterious backgrounds of these teen characters. Um and I just like when the K manga app dropped, this was like their first thing free read thing that was up in my face and they made a great decision because I open this app every day now.
0: Yeah. So if, if I guess maybe for those people at home who don't know, uh, the K-manga is the Kodansha like version of the Shonen Jump app, right? Where you can get access to day and date Uh, chapters as well as like a backlog of like a ton of comics right it is but they have a
2: different style of payment system and i could get into what happened if uh
0: maybe in the second (laughs) half (laughs) we'll talk about that when we get into the manga stuff later because uh we one of the books i think we're going to talk about is on the k manga app so we can we can rope that back in but k i'm very excited for you if you keep reading (laughs) this because so much i'm we very will... worried for her if she keeps reading <laughs> no this. no nick shut up all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm 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 still
1: worried that she described you know at length you know, how these things are murdered and then the, the exact phrase that followed by kate was and the part of the reason that this really appeals to me is that i used to and i was like where is this going where I, is this going I, how does this
0: sentence end is I someone also, gonna have
2: to be reported to the police <laughs>
0: Yeah. I also heard that. So I'm glad you're enjoying Attack on Titan because like it gets crazier than you could ever imagine. Kate I think what if you continue reading and you get past like volume ten or twelve, things are gonna go ape shit in a way that you could never have imagined. Uh, once they start to get further into the lore. So I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts. E- either on the show or independently. Yeah. We'll we'll talk I about it. I think
2: it's but. wrapped up. I think the series is over. So like yeah. i once I catch up, that's you know, it that's it. I don't have to wait. Yeah, which is I great.
0: I Right when volume 34, I think, came out is when I was like, all right, I'm going to read all of this. And I did. And I could not stop. I was right in the same thing. I had bought almost all the volumes from like a humble bundle except for like two. And so I read all of the the series. And then, yeah, those last two volumes, I just like picked them up on Comicsology or whatever. And it was like, it's a it's a whole thing. Anyways, but before I dig even further into that, let me talk about one of the books that I read or a couple of the books I read. Um. I read Alien, number 7 through 12. This is the 2021-2022 edition because Marvel can never name anything in a way that would be easy for anybody to find. Um, this is by Philip Kennedy Johnson. Um, Pencils and inks by Salvador La Roca Colors by Guru, Guru EFX. Um, the sum up that I will say for this is... So, you know, there's these things called xenomorphs and they fucking kill you because that's basically what this book is. And that's like pretty much what a, every alien book is. And that's not a bad thing by any means. Um, I told Nick a while ago that I was going to read these books because um, I did really like the first arc of this. We followed this guy. I, I want to say his his name was he was he was in the Wayland yutani like military compound of things. And he had to go do some things and some bad stuff happened and he managed to survive. And then a the second arc is about a totally different group of people. Um, these folks called the Spinners, they live out on this very recently terraformed planet that now that they've terraformed it, they supposedly get to keep it because it was an experiment by the wayland yutani group. Um, and then, spoilers, uh, they, the Wayland yutani group is not happy that someone was uh, going to take something from them because they're greedy, greedy pieces of shit. And they, they intentionally crash a ship into this planet that has an alien on it. So... TLDR like that's it there's no coming back from these things there's a lot of really interesting twists and turns in this book and I found it to be the most like satisfying read that I've had in a while especially the question mark of who is the synth right every alien story involves a synthetic person the, those folks that in the movies when you cut them they bleed milk um, or white substance that looks like milk gave <laughs> yeah. me a very, R- R- me R- a very Scott face has some unresolved issues to this yeah. day Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways it's a very simple story and it's it's exactly what you want out of an alien story right there's some good goodish people there's some people stuck in their ways trying to survive who ignore all of the evidence of like we're gonna die we need to get out of here there's asshole Miller and there's corpo synthetics pulling tricks like it's so fun um this was the fastest i've read a a like licensed book in a long time because these issues fly philip kennedy johnson does some amazing has some amazing writing in this arc salvador la roca's art is actually like tolerable um i actually liked it um and that's probably because he wasn't drawing real people i'm not going to harp on this joke that we've constantly have been belaboring like in the on the show but um Still, Salvador La Roca's art was good. I thought his aliens were really good in this. There was an interesting twist in the, like, what are we, you know, what's the new alien morph that we're going to see in this issue? And there's a really cool thing that they do. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, like totally fun. I really love Johnson's writing on this. Um, again, the pacing's incredible. So, um, yeah, solid stuff. Nick, I I know you've got something to say about this because I think you you are even excited about this volume when it came out, right?
1: Yeah, it's. It's it's an interesting volume. I think the setup of and I think maybe you got at some of this, but not entirely that you have this religious community basically mm-hmm. that wants to separate themselves from technology and they get into this bargain with Waylon Yutani where if they terraform the planet, then Waylon Yutani will basically give it to them and they can go, you know, go back and to their you know anti-technology ways, and yeah. um,
0: they're like weird pilgrims. <laughs> it's basically it's, crazy.
1: it's uh, you know, it's the yeah, it's 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 a nice setup and an explanation for obviously why they're not armed to the teeth, right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I, I I do agree with you that I think Salvador Larocca's art is better, and I think part of the reason that is not only as you pointed out, that he's no longer trying to do human likenesses like when he drew uh, Bishop, you know, Lance Hendrickson Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in the first arc, is also that uh, this arc, minor spoilers, is mostly planet-side and not in space. And so I think a lot of the models and a lot of the space imagery that he might have, you know, attempted to imitate no longer exists and and, mm-hmm. and for us as readers, we're not, you know, looking for him to deliver on a perfect likeness of those that scenery. And yeah. so he's just free to draw this planet without expectations of, of how things yeah. should or shouldn't look. Uh
0: so that that's why I think it does look better. But um yeah. yeah. I I really was impressed overall with this second arc. And like again, if if you're looking for some some good times that are I mean, good times and heavy quotes of like an entertaining read that feels exactly like the movies. I honestly think Philip Kennedy Johnson has managed to capture that in both the first arc and the second arc of this run. Um, I can't speak too much to the newest run that he's with a different artist and stuff because I've only read the first two issues. But um, these two arcs are rock solid. um, And I really, really dug it. So, yeah. Yeah. But Nick, what else? What else have you been reading? I know you you said you said it before, but let's let's get into it.
1: Yeah. So apparently uh, I. I ended up with a Jesse Lonergan theme for this week's reading. And um, I think I told you a couple of days ago that I had been uh, waiting for this to, to pull out this book. Um, but I read uh, Faster by Lonergan, uh, which uh, Mike had given me for my birthday this year. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I, I believe this is only available in physical print. It uh, mm-hmm. came out in 2021. Uh, It's like a small little booklet of sorts. And um, it's, it's interesting. It definitely feels more watercolor. I don't know if Lonergan does digital watercolor or not.
0: Um, It definitely
1: seemed convincingly real to me,
0: but I'll, I'll give you a little bit of insight on this. So this is like a mini comic that was put out through uh bulligan press mm. and it's specifically printed using a Riso printer that uses like a limited color palette to create. A, and it's on like a special kind of paper to create that kind of like textured almost watercolor feel, but it's definitely his digital art printed onto this through this Riso graph. Um, which yeah. Anybody at home do a search for a Riso graph. It's, it's pretty cool, but that's, that's why it has this kind of look and feel that it has. Yeah, no, it's it.
1: the The paper has even the paper isn't textured, but it looks textured, right? Because of right, this right. this art style, it's it's fascinating. And uh, faster is basically an homage to what looks like nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies Formula One aesthetic in terms of the cars. Mm-hmm. And much like Hedra, uh, it's a lot of it is dialogue free. Much like in uh, his other book that I discussed earlier um, from Dark Horse, you've got the author kind of bisecting panels that you perhaps wouldn't conventionally see. This is just something Lonergan likes to do where he'll just take what would normally look like, oh, that would be one panel and he splits it. And sometimes you're like, well, why is he why is he doing this? But it's for pacing um, it's, it's for pacing, pacing maybe but also technically what i what i liked about its usage here is that sometimes he would bisect a panel before uh, you know if you're visualiz- visualizing like a small booklet he would bisect the panel so you wouldn't have that awful thing that we sometimes see in certain books where the um like the middle of the page where the uh this you know where the spine and the staples go it, yeah. it gets hard to see or visualize the middle of the page, or it gets like sort of distorted by the you know the way that the page bends inwards. So it just sort of makes it more visually appealing to look at. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. Maybe yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, we're all comic book readers. We Worst case you,
1: scenario, you know, Xander and I will just have to come on and talk about paper quality, paper quality, <laughs> trade paperback quality. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, the book focuses on two main characters, Kona Demille, um, the five. World time champion, five time world champion, and Molly Vox, the five time runner up. Uh, so we have this rivalry, uh, and it begins with um, a news reporter uh, talking with um, Molly Vox, and Vox says, "You know, quote, I hate her." And the reporter says, "Can I quote you on that?" And the um, and Vox says, uh, "Please do." So, <laughs> and with that, we have the heart of any motorsport rivalry. Uh, it's petty and um it's uh, definitely bitter and mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. perfect it's very on point we get a track it could have been oh it ahead. could have
0: been pulled from like a more recent F one race. If yeah. there wasn't one canceled, Max yeah. Verstappen may have said that out loud today.
1: <laughs> it sounds like a direct quote of like Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. So that's that's sure. a deep cut that about three people will be like, I know what he means. It's so right. true. And everyone and else, if you is know, like,
0: if you do know what Nick means, please send us an email ircbpodcast at gmail and explain it to me.
1: Yeah. Subject: I know what he means. Body of the email: I know what he means um yes that's uh, all it. caps please yeah. that's it we'll we'll and and when you do that we'll know what you mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh but it's perfect like i don't know if lonergan is like a just a huge fan of racing or this is just something he um you know just picked up but uh just we get a perfect little track layout graphic we get sort of a little cast of characters with their little you know profile pictures and a, a logo for their car it almost looks like a mario kart select screen in some ways yeah. it's perfect yeah, yeah yeah, we have characters like mothra pearl you know get it mother of pearl mm-hmm. upton eclair which i think is like a maybe like an upton sinclair thing i don't know and balaclava and of course the guy's wearing you know the mask it's it's mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. uh the race kicks off and you just have lonergan on full display like 25 panel pages Mm -hmm. he's got this wonderful rendering of speed um he really captures just the sheer overwhelming sensory overload of a race from like the engines just revving to just the it's 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 fantastic and then the other thing I just want to briefly mention is that he really hits on all of the stupid racer archetypes and backgrounds that we see in racing. <laughs> we've got yeah. we've got the guy who likes to party and have fun. And because of that, he's accused of maybe not taking things seriously enough. Uh, we have the person who, like, always finishes first, but they don't have any friends and they don't socialize with anyone. Um We've got the driver who's like way too worried about whether or not they're liked or not to the point that when they come in for their pit stop, like they're basically having a pep talk with their drive for their racing principal, where they're like, do people like me? And they're like, yeah, people like you (laughs) like as they're like actually putting the new tires on the car. It's Uh it's so stupid. Uh, You've got the guy who like in his free time does things that are arguably more dangerous than racing itself. Uh, he's like fighting a shark with his bare hands in like the off season, uh, and you've got like the legacy racer with like a f- tragic family history of like crashes and 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 deaths. It's just like it's like all of the archetypes. It's perfect. It's perfect. It looks happy great. Happy birthday, happy birthday, yeah. Nick! I knew yeah. you'd love it. I yeah. fucking knew it. <laughs> So uh, check this out. I know it's not the easiest thing to access. I know it's not available digitally, but um, if you're at all a fan of Lonergan or Motorsport or indie comics, um, just just go go get
0: get yourself a copy. Um, yeah. this is faster by Jesse Lonergan. you should we'll put a link to this in the show notes um, because like Nick said, it is a little bit harder to get, mm-hmm. um, but it's totally worth the price of admission. I think I think everybody will enjoy it yeah um, let's see kate what else uh what else did you read
2: yeah i um so in addition to this k manga app from Kadansha dropping there was also a new app from viz out viz does shonen jump has had shonen jump for years they just dropped viz manga and there's a lot of overlap in their catalogs so i was like i don't really want to viz apps on my tablet like if i can figure out what is unique on shonen jump i could just read that and get rid of it so that's what i mm-hmm, did mm-hmm. and um, a lot of it was like single single chapter or maybe just like short contained manga um and i have read a good i don't know five or six kind of like one shot type uh, manga so i wanted to talk about this one because it kind of blew me away this is called the goodbye airy and it's by tatsumi fujimoto who is the creator of chainsaw man um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've not read Chainsaw Man, but I'm kind of surprised. Don't. Okay.
0: <laughs> don't read Chainsaw Man. I'm, it's fine. I'm
2: kind of surprised that like this creator created something that is violent enough, uh, and action heavy enough to be called Chainsaw Man and then turned around and wrote something that that, that was this emotional and and like slice of life style. Hell yeah. Um so in this, um I do want to say that a character dies slowly of a disease that they don't actually say what it is. Um But it's got cancer vibes. So,
0: yeah, yeah. heads
2: up. Um, And this is uh, in some, this a boy records his mother's last moments like at her request and then turns them into a documentary he shows for his class, but he ends it in a way that nobody likes. Like he takes like creative liberties and then he meets a girl who, who like tries to train him to be a better storyteller. They watch a lot of films and talk about them. um, And he records a lot of their interactions and the book largely follows their friendship and like his like ideas on um, like storytelling and film. And it's really clear that the story is told from the point of view of the protagonist and it's like largely through his camera lens. And you kind of like, there's this exploration of the idea of an unreliable narrator that the story does really well. Um, And the fact that you're seeing it in this like a really emotional, like slice of life story, I found really unique. Um, And in terms of like storytelling, Goodbye Airy, like it wraps back around on itself in a really interesting way and like I could almost say that it was repetitive but I feel like it was more of a like storytelling parallel that I thought worked like really nicely and make made the emotional beats stronger um, yeah. but I do want to say that I don't know if this is going to be for everyone because um like I said, that the protagonist made this documentary and then ended it in a way that people didn't like, and that gets reflected like in the way that the manga ends, like like the parallels mm-hmm. in the story it parallels that. Um, and I liked it. Like I kind of saw it coming. I'm like, I see what this story yeah. is doing here. But so that's, uh, that's a that's goodbye, Ari on the on the Shonen Jump app. Um, really short um, story, but oh boy, yeah. like you might need a palate cleanser afterward. But really well done. Yeah.
0: Totally, totally. I love this book. I have a physical copy yeah. behind me on my shelf. Um, But you can get a physical copy if that's your bag when it comes to manga. Since it's a one shot, it's awesome. So you don't have to buy a dozen volumes. It's just the one thing. Um, But yeah, this is I love this. This so like the creator, uh, Tatsubi Fujimoto, he like took a break from Chainsaw Man. Like he ended this big arc, took a break, and then he did a couple of one shots. And Goodbye Airy was one of them. And I remember just being floored by this yeah. when it came out on the Shonen Jump app. Um, I think I talked about it when it did come out and I'm glad that you discovered it like on your own. And it was like, this is crazy good. And it's like, cause this guy has the potential to tell good stories. He doesn't always tell good stories, but he has <laughs> the potential to tell really good, entertaining and interesting stories. And I think this is, this is a solid one. It reminds me a lot of Schenectady, New York. If you ever saw that movie, don't see it. It's a okay. weird Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> uh, it's about like a, a guy, Philip Seymour Hoffman, is trying to make a movie and then he starts to make a movie about making that movie. But in making a movie about making the movie, he has to make a movie about making the movie about making the movie. And in order to make that movie, he has to make a movie about oh, making no. the movie. It, it, it's a, it's kind of like a weird psychosis, crazy thing. Um, I that's a wrong way to, to classify, but it's kind of like this weird trying to mess with your head about what is storytelling. It's really interesting. Um, and I feel like there, I got that same vibe from goodbye, Airy. So if you liked yeah. that portion of it, you might like that movie. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you found this case. This that's uh, oh, love this book to death. Yeah, today. I love it. Um, but uh yeah, let me talk about one more book and then we'll jump into the top of our pile. I should have just kept going earlier, but I read Aliens Annual number <laughs> 1. <laughs> uh, this is that same Philip Kennedy Johnson Salvador LaRocca Guru EFX group. Um, this is the annual that came out after Aliens number 12, um and it follows the guy who survived the first arc of uh the uh, or Johnson's run, right? Am I am I wrong about this, Nick? You may or may not
1: have some plot details wrong, but I don't want to elaborate for risk of spoiling things. Well,
0: regardless, uh, we we follow this guy who is, gets recruited to basically um, he has to go investigate this place that was overrun or they have to transport an alien egg somewhere. Um, and spoilers, things go awry because, of course, um, it's a really interesting book uh one like one shot it's fun read puts the fear of god in you around artificial intelligence and i'm not talking about chat i'm talking <laughs> about synthetics um since that's kind of a core piece of the story um and yeah i really really liked this like one and done story about aliens like again i totally understand why people get this like and love these stories nick i understand why you like all this stuff and the more i read it the more i'm like yeah This is this is it's easy and predictable. And then good writers find interesting ways to twist the aliens narrative without straying from what makes alien stories good. An alien shows up and uh oh, you're probably not going to survive. That's kind of like the gist of most of these stories. But this one in particular had a really interesting twist that I feel like very few storytellers in the aliens universe can get right. And I feel like Johnson got this right. Um, i'm gonna leave it at that while being vague but this is the aliens annual it's pretty good i liked it
1: yeah it was really weird to see first off like i I think when we think about annuals right we typically think like annuals like are a big two thing largely so yeah it was just weird to see an alien annual for starters yeah and then it was super weird to see them actually go back and revisit uh because the annual is it's a it's a it's a flashback before the first arc. So it was just yeah, super weird yeah. to have them.
0: Oh, that's what it was. I had it backwards. Yes, 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 yes. My bad. My bad.
1: Yeah. It it happens before the first arc takes place, but right. it's with the characters of the first arc. Yes. So it was just very weird to
0: revisit that. But it worked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm I, I especially love this because we got, and I've never seen this and I don't read a lot of aliens and I've never really I don't think I've seen all the alien movies, but I think I've seen and read enough to know that we actually got like some Weyland-Yutani people, like corpo greed moments where they're like, if we do things off planet, then blah, 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 blah. Like, there's no rules if you do this here and there. And like, we, like they are clearly putting corporate greed over human survival. Um in in text not just an implication which i think is is interesting um we got to see the the shitty faces of these guys that are like yes let's do this awful thing <laughs> right um that's so it's very nice it's very like a good satisfying story like obviously the bad guys are gonna the corpo bad guys are always gonna be the bad guys and they're never gonna lose because otherwise the story would not exist but um yeah it, it was interesting to get that in in the comic book is this just something you're like really enjoying
1: now because you've just been watching that one show on HBO and now, Oh, succession. Right. Is this like, is this just succession in space for you? Basically? Is
0: that a, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if the if the if the Roy family had access to aliens, they 100% would use them. I'm going to say that that's my succession take of the day. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But uh, yeah. anyways, let's let's move on. Let's talk about books that are on the top of our pile. Uh, these are books that are new or old or just something you've been meaning to read for forever. So, Nick, let's bounce right back to you. What's on the top of your pile? Yeah, for me, it's it's. It's
1: just got to be The Forged number three. I think when I was on the show before, it was The Forged number two. I'm not, look, I, I just happen to be on the show. But this book just happens to be coming out. Okay. There's a lot of other great books coming out this week. I think we're getting an issue of, of Blue Book. Is that what it's called? Blue Book? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're getting one of those. We're getting another issue of the TMNT, Usagi, Jimbo. And, and I'm sure those are going to both be great uh, for sure. But for me, it's going to be The Forged number three. Uh, written by Greg Rucka and Eric Troutman, art by Mike Henderson of Nailbiter fame, uh, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by Ariana Maher. Honestly, the second issue really allowed me to have kind of a moment to decompress after just the very headfirst jump, dive in, you know, start treading water, other uh, water ocean metaphors abound. (laughs) That was the first (laughs) issue. Uh, Okay. But with this issue, um, I think the image solicit kind of gets at it uh, quite well. For 10,000 years, um, the Eternal Empire spread across the galaxy. And in all that time, there's never been actual first contact with another alien race. Uh, This issue, the Forge to meet their neighbors. Spoiler, their neighbors are fucking pissed. Uh, Unquote. That's the image solicit. (laughs) Uh, Again, for those who forgot, this book is about buff tough rough ladies who pilot mechs and if you say no to that fuck you yeah that's <laughs> say it no more
0: say no more that's it <laughs> this is the forge number three yeah uh, <laughs> cool well kate what about you what's on the top of your pile
2: i read a book or i'm i'm going to read a book <laughs> yeah, yeah called another world with my beloved hound volume one this is another manga um very manga-heavy episode for me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I apologize for butchering this name, but it's written by Ru.
0: <laughs> there are three U's. Re- ryu? ryu <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know.
2: Um, and this is actually, this started as a light manga. So the, the artist for this manga adaptation is uh, Hana Ichika. Um, And this is like the beginning of this Or the description of this kind of sounds like your, Your standard isekai story Set up like an overworked office worker Wakes up in another realm Except that with him is this giant wolf Oh no, except that it's actually His Maltese puppy who traveled there with him Um, and, uh, he uses his, his new power of herb cultivation to set up a life for them there. Um, so this looks adorable and maybe a little bit cottagecore, um, with a, with a giant dog. Um, and I would like to read this please.
0: I'm going to start. I'm going to just put a, a hard number on the number of Isekai mangas that I'm going to allow <laughs> on this show moving forward. Um, I don't like, usually
2: like Isekai. Like, I'm kind of sick of I it, know, but this sounds really cute. Really?
1: <laughs> right. I Got think they're great, but there's just an alarming amount of books where someone is like, I am an overworked office worker who dreams of being hit by a right. bus so I can travel into another world where I am
0: appreciated. And it's I'm gonna, like, I, I'm going to read the full title of this book because Kate only yeah. put a piece of it. Even dogs go to other worlds. Life in another world with my beloved hound, volume one. That's what this is called. It looks adorable, Kate. I'll I'll give you that. But oh my goodness, what the hell? <laughs> I, you you'll have to report back next time you're on the show. I don't mean to be a total shithead about it. It just... <laughs> isekai, I feel like they can't be stopped and there's nothing I can do about it. And it makes me just yeah. feel panicked about the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, let me talk about some Discord picks. We've got folks hanging out that's on the Discord. If you want to, you can always go to ircbpodcast.com or sh- check out the show notes and click the link to join our Discord, and then you can hang out with us when we record live. Danny's hanging out with us today. He's reading City Boy number 1. Brian's reading How Do We Relationship Volume 8. Hannah's reading Wonder Woman number 799. And Vincent is reading House of X, Powers of ten. The Collection, I'm guessing. Um, All great picks. I'm excited. Good for you folks. Let us know what you think of those. But for me... I'm going to be reading Fury number one. This is Marvel's Fury 60th anniversary issue that they're doing to celebrate all things Nick Fury. The reason why I'm reading this, though, is because Al Ewing is on writing. And we've got some we've got some stuff from or pencils from Scott Eaton, Ramon Rosanas, Tom Riley and Adam Kuber. inks by Cam Smith, colors by Jordi Belair. Uh, like I said, this is a 60th anniversary thing. And. The synopsis is, who is Scorpio? Scorpio is a big S-C-O-R-P-I-O. A glamorous rogue agent with a deadly secret lures Nick Fury into an action thriller of a lifetime. Dot, dot, dot. His fathers! Uh, I don't know. This sounds dumb and over-the-top espionage stuff, and I'm here for it. I trust the lu Ewing of my life at this point. I'm looking forward to just seeing, like whatever he's got going on here this gives me secret warriors vibes however i doubt that marvel will ever do another secret warriors like hickman style thing so um yeah looking forward to that should be fun but uh yeah let's let's take a quick break and when we come back we're going to be talking about some of the weirdest manga that nick and kate could come up with and send over to me so uh we've got two interesting picks and if i'm looking at my notes there's like 20 other books we're also going to briefly talk about so um we'll be back in just a second This week on I Read Comic Books, I asked Kate and Nick to give me some of the strangest manga that they've ever read for me to read. Uh, because in my notes, I said, quote, give me your wildest manga volume. You fuckers read the weird stuff. So I'm here <laughs> to say, did did they give us the weird stuff? I think they definitely gave me some strange books. Um, we didn't go in the route of hyper violent or into like hentai or anything like that or you know we probably could have gone into more explicit zones but i think that nick and kate don't really read that so which is why i thought this was a safe ask um (laughs) compared to maybe other people who maybe listen to this podcast or are you know whatever could have probably recommended but if you have any strange recommendations uh, keep them to yourself. So let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you depraved fucks. No, you guys know our email address. Email me. As I said at the beginning of this year, if somebody emails me something, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a shot, but I'm going to give an honest review. So keep that in mind. Anyways, Kate, let's start with your book. What was the book that you picked and why did you pick it?
2: So my book was Night of the Living Cat, uh, written by Hawkman and art by Mecca Roots. Those are the credits. Um, this sure. I wanted to give a brief overview of this book because it sounds as absurd as it is. Um, so it, it, uh, the backstory is that there is an explosion at a cat food factory and some test subjects escape. Why there are mm-hmm. test subjects at a cat food factory? Don't ask me. Then sometime later, maybe weeks, um, a cat appears who spreads a disease that causes humans to turn into cats if they touch a cat. The story follows some people who work at a cat cafe as they try to escape from the cat horde. One of these characters has no memory of of from before working there, which has only been since the explosion. Um, But he knows a whole lot of facts about cats, and that's it. Um, So it's it's basically like a zombie movie, but with cats. Uh, Yep. Yeah, that, that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Kate, why why did you pick this book? I guess.
2: Um, so I really like this balance of there are like there cats are bad. Don't touch the cats. Run away from the cats. Um, barricade the doors against the cats. Except that everybody wants to pet the cats and love the, loves the cats, and the cats are adorable. So it's like. <laughs> So it's just this balance. I like, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's it's just this balance of like I don't I don't really understand yet in this series if like the cats have some kind of like a like, I don't know if it's if it's part of this disease that more people want to be cat people than there usually are or if it's legitimately just your normal, the internet is for cat videos, type cat love that is real in real life um that is placed into this manga and i don't really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't really know if i care like either way i really like this but i want to pet the cat but the cat will turn me into a cat um
0: right which is which is the primary problem of our protagonist right yeah. like he loves cats like military militaristically loves cats um and cares about them and knows everything that he can about them um and there that's kind of the center of the mystery of this book and Yet he can't pet the cats, and it's constantly breaking his heart throughout the whole book. Um, Um, I guess before I give my major, major thoughts about this, I guess, I don't know, Nick or Kate, if you had more to say, go ahead. ahead.
2: I I just wanted to say that the, the most effective weapon in this book is cucumbers. They throw the cucumbers and the cats jump back and it buys them some time. Right right um yeah and it was just a it was a nice little detail
0: (laughs) yeah so nick you also read this what were your thoughts about this yeah i i think the way that they set set it up
1: makes it a little bit i mean no one believes this scenario to be like dramatically convincingly real but i believe they set it up in i think at the beginning they say that it's a world where like everybody loves cats, which is like, obviously not true. Yeah. They say um, something like 90% the, of households right, 90%, have a cat. <laughs> Right. 90% of like the population have, have a cat. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least that sort of like sets things up for why there are so many cats, why people love cats. Um, it's in a, in a universe where everyone seems to be, you know, a cat person, so to speak. Um, but I also kind of, love the beginning scene where they're like fleeing from this unknown enemy. Um and like the one guy is like, oh, I'll 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 face them off. You you guys run ahead and flee or whatever. <laughs> and he looks back and it's like this guy wearing goggles is like being assaulted by a bunch of like cats. And then following it, one of the other characters says like in all caps, like, I can't believe a tough guy like him became a cat so easily. And I was like, oh boy. I think I'm ready for this book. This is so (laughs) dumb. Um, I think what really sells it is that the art style is pretty solid, but it's also realistic and um, like the, the facial expressions of like anger or terror, like would fit into something like the walking dead. Right. But we're seeing these expressions and, 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 and emotions in this goofy-ass comic where people are being attacked Mm -hmm. by cats. (laughs) So I think that's what really sells it. I know that we're not supposed to like really try to pry back all the layers and dissect how this works and the world-building and everything. And um, I do love cats. I don't have a problem with cats. But part of me after a few minutes was like, they're always running from the cats. Is this right. a world where guns don't exist? Why aren't they killing the cats? Well, oh,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, Nick. Come on, come on. You can't, you, come on.
1: This I is not a,
0: this is, listen, this is not a story about killing cats. Let's just right. be completely honest. You said this fits right to the walk in. you're not wrong. Night of the Living Cats is clearly a ripoff of Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah. But I think the, the thing about this book is that the, they establish early on, that this is a world where everybody loves cats, right? Really like 90% of the people have really, really. cats. Yeah. yeah. Clearly cat cafes are like a thing that there are multiples within walking distance of, of, you know, places. So I, I think the creators probably wanted to say, we're not going to tell a story about people just like, pot shotting cats from a distance (laughs) right um which again Uh, creates the conundrum of the story that no one wants to hurt these cats and everyone wants to pet these cats and we see some really interesting things i guess like this is this is kind of where i was coming from with this like the first couple of pages i was laughing my butt off and then as i kept reading they kept finding ways to have the cats be in scenarios where it was like a zombie situation but dumb cats themed and kate i just want to say that i appreciate the ridiculousness of this book because when i said give me your weird stuff (laughs) i didn't think it was going to end up being like wacky gag manga and you totally nailed it because this was so much fun i flew through this volume it's like four chapters long and holy smokes it's honestly i want to read more i need to read more this is so fun and the art style is so like it, it feels like a very serious book it's drawn like a very serious book. all the cats look both adorable and terrifying from panel to panel um and of course our main character uh, is like the most serious dude you've ever seen in the entire world he's got some sort of military background or something he's able to solve problems and come up with creative solutions to stop these cats very quickly um and it's it's a lot of fun to see him try to to, to Nick's point do things that are not lethal or even going to remotely harm these cats like the big twist in the first issue is they go into like a sporting goods store and then he grabs like a water pump for watering your garden and just sprays the cats (laughs) away and then he gives this justification as if it's like if it's like hurting the cats he's like no because the ancient jungle cat or ancient african cat if it's if it's uh coat gets wet it has the chance of dying from hypothermia so cats hate being wet and i was like oh my gosh like this is as good as you taking a headshot to a zombie but it's for cats it's so it's so funny and when you go into the book with that kind of mindset and that expectation you i don't know i personally didn't think why aren't they shooting these cats because i'm one of these people that would have pet a cat and turned into a cat so um i don't know maybe maybe that's saying something uh, about you i don't know (laughs)
1: look i should say this okay like uh, it was just uh i immediately was like you know don't they have other solutions and obviously they really love the cats and i think one argument that i think gets made later which sort of makes sense is that obviously due to this issue people are turning into cats right yeah i don't know if they convincingly know which cats are cats or used to be people or which ones can turn back and i know at one point in the book they say maybe there's a hope or a way that at some point People that have been turned into cats can be turned back into people. And so if there's a hope or a possibility that you can do that, you wouldn't want to go and murder cats, exactly. whether they're actually just cats or cats that could turn into people on the right. off chance that some of them could be reverted back. So everyone right. can can get off my back. I am not <laughs> advocating the murdering of cats that are just cats or (laughs) cats that are going to maybe eventually be turned back into people okay i know
0: i know i know listen i'm just giving you a hard time nick but yeah kate this was fun this is a lot of fun i'm i'm really glad that you picked it because i like i said had a blast reading it you know like night of the living cat every time i look at it is funnier and then i noticed on my last the last chapter that i was reading it's night of the living cat but it's n with y a in the middle so Mm -hmm. like Nya is the like the noise like nyan cat right i'm like the the creators clearly thought about this had a goofy idea and ran with it and i think it's 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 executed well and it's a lot of fun from beginning to end it's like four extra long chapters which means this is probably like a monthly book um in japan um so that chapters are all a bit longer but every single one of them are top-notch fun um yeah i can't wait to read more so salad pick um Nick, let's talk about the book that you picked because you picked a very interesting one that I've actually been sitting on for a really long time when you told me about it months and months and months ago. But finally, I was forced to read it for this episode. So let's let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's. That's basically why I live for episodes like this where I can eventually like have a moment where I'm like, no, you actually have to read the book now. Like you don't have a choice. (laughs) I'm going to compel you uh, to read this book. So uh, I I live for these moments. Um, So my book is Crocodile Baron, Volume 1, written and drawn by Takuya Okada. This was originally published by Kodansha in Japan in 2017. Uh, with the English translation coming out the following year. There's only three volumes, uh, but that's still more than a lot of manga get, so we'll take it. The book follows a crocodile named Alfredo J. Donson, who has a bow tie, a cane, a top hat, and happens to be a foodie. Right. Uh, He is also a sensei to a young teenage rabbit, who uh, assists him in chasing his foodie whims? Most of the chapters begin with this rabbit showing up at his house and banging on his door and ringing the doorbell a bunch and saying, "You know, I've heard that like hip new oyster places are in." And uh, and then um, the crocodile is like. Um, I mean, I guess here's a good example, right? So at one point, the the rabbit shows up and he's like, "Sweet shops with long waiting lines are in now." And the crocodile's response is, "Well, we certainly need to check them out." Yeah, and that's how
0: it begins. It's it's the most ridiculous <laughs> premise to like start a story, right? It's it's so lazy. It's almost perfect, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And so you get this book where the two of them go off to a, a certain part of japan and check out a a noodle shop or um like a a food stand um and you get to learn about everything from just everyday japanese culture to um different cities in japan uh you know how people travel and navigate japan uh, different types of food um, it's like a travelogue book and a food manga and uh, an anthropomorph- anthropomorphic animal manga all sort of rolled into this one thing that just shouldn't work because it's like <laughs> nine <laughs> things in one. Yeah. And some people might say it shouldn't work and it doesn't work. But for me, it's 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 perfect. Um <laughs> And I think part of what sells this book is that the artist is just so, so talented. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the moments, you have these moments where uh, our protagonist, the crocodile, um, eats these foods and he's so inspired by them that you get all these different like visual um, like analogies that he does. I'm trying to think of. Of one specifically um well
0: well how about how about this uh, uh, kate let, why don't you talk a little bit about the book here we'll we'll circle around we'll circle around before you give like a, your full review on this nick
2: yeah i okay so i want to say that i enjoyed this um i okay. feel like this is a book that you can't think about too much though because like mm-hmm, it shows mm-hmm. that the crocodile like was not raised in the city amongst other other animal people or anything so mm-hmm. like where did this crocodile learn the manners that he's teaching this rabbit like where did this guy oh. establish a sense of fashion why is he a I, baron? I can tell you
0: i can tell you all this okay he decided that he wanted to live a life of decadence that the end but how does the he end. like get
2: all the, the knowledge the specific like he no, knows no, no. about seafood like no no no, Kay, no no okay no no
0: Kate, you de- ruining this book he just decided <laughs> that he was gonna live a life of decadence that's I mean, that's all we get in the volume. That's it. Like, you see
1: him, and he's like, I decided I wanted more. And he goes upright onto two feet and walks out of the Nile. Yeah. Walks out of the Nile. (laughs)
2: Um, And then I have more questions, which is the fact that we see the crocodile living in the wild as a wild animal, um, eating, hunting, like, preying on other types of animals and yet then he goes to the city and he like talks to this rabbit and other people that he does not prey on this uh, is a civilized area um and then he also goes to the restaurants where he eats meat served to him Mm -hmm. by okay Mm -hmm. so this is like i had a similar uh conundrum when watching the movie zootopia (laughs) (laughs) except that this one is more specific yes the animals eat the other animals except in the city
1: um, I mean, I think I, there's I, a scene where they go to a restaurant and there's a cow who serves them steak. Yes. And yes. And I'm like, oh,
0: boy. Well, there's
1: this, there's, is worse like, than the, yeah.
0: there's this idea of like there's the uplifted animals and then there are still like the beasts of burden, the ones non- who are like uplifted have developed animals. like a um, what do you want to call that? Just a just a um, self-awareness. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 well, that There's I, sort I think, of a split. I think we, we probably don't need to think about yeah, it too much. Yeah, You right? can not like, <laughs> enjoy this manga if you
2: think about it.
0: <laughs> right. Even though the book does try to like focus on it, which like I guess Nick, I'm kind of curious. So you picked this book uh not to punish me, but to you wanted me to read it because it was strange. I guess like what was your criteria for selecting this over something else?
1: Yeah. I think like I got at earlier. It it really feels like it's seven different archetypes or genres kind of mashed into the same book sure. to the point that I'm not even sure which one is like the prevailing one is it mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. that it's slice of life i guess or you could say it's like a predominantly a food manga that's what i got but it's just all these different things kind of stuck together i think the art is is you know really cute a lot of it seems kind of like cozy just the mm-hmm. ridiculousness of a a crocodile that, you know, comes downstairs in the morning. He's got his newspaper on his table and he's drinking his morning coffee. And just the fact that that's normal in this book, just so goofy. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. And I I love a good food manga. And I feel like this just hits that perfectly right on the nose and, and really gets at that idea of the transformative power of food. Um, you know, the, the crocodile has these visions when he eats the food at one point he's like eating, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, uh, Udon noodles.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he gets this analogy of the, the noodles, like sort of like slurping the noodles and they're flying all around. And it makes him think of the bullet train that they were traveling on earlier that day. (laughs) And you get this imagery of this bullet train barreling into the open jaws of the, of the crocodile or that mm-hmm. other one where he eats the, um it's like hot octopus. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, this is this like being in a molten, the molten core of the earth. Right. And he's right. like, it's so hot. And what, what is this devilry? And there's like an image of like a, a wizard branding the, um the crocodile's like tongue with this super hot, <laughs> like scathing <laughs> metal. And he's yeah. just got all of these like wild, sensory images for just the transformative power of food and it takes takes him over right and he has these moments where he just flashes back to being in the nile and like his nature you know his more you know core tendencies come out and he you know they have the the pond where you pick your fish that you want to grill but he just like flashes back to the nile and like destroys all the fish yeah yeah he's like i'm so sorry i'll
0: pay for everything right there there's something kind of wonky about like the story that you obviously probably need to read more to get into like what is i think answering the questions that kate brought up you know what is this guy's background why does he keep having these flashes to like his life when he was before he was elevated or whatever we want to call it yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting book. I, I did have a really good time reading this. I'm glad that you you finally got me to sit down and read it um, because I think when I tried to read it at one point, I was like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't want to read the wacky adventures of this weird alligator and his pet rabbit or friend rabbit or whatever. Um, and then it turns out that it's actually just a goofball manga that has it has jokes. It's got food. It's got questions of like these anthropomorphized animals. It's kind of slice of lifey like there's a little comic at the end of the volume where uh, The crocodile, he, like, helps a hedgehog, you know, in in the middle of the rain, you know, like, it's really adorable at the same time, so it's got a lot of cute, super cute elements. There's, like, this politeness, this slice of lifeness that you get only from comics that, like, choose to move really slow, and I imagine there's just, like, really nice ambient kind of like keyboard playing in the background through everything that's happening in this story so yeah this like you said nick it does have a lot going on for it and i understand like why that'd be a reason to pick it but it does all work ultimately i don't think that anything about this book feels a lot of place or doesn't feel like it works as well so yeah i mean this is an interesting pick and i, I enjoyed it. i'll probably finish the next two volumes just because there i have them already so um yeah this is good stuff Kate, I don't know if you had any, any other last thoughts about this book before we move on to maybe some of the runners-ups that you guys had. Runners-up. Runners-ups? I don't know how to say that.
2: <laughs> I, just, I just agree that this is definitely, I think it's primarily a food manga just because of the like the visions that he has when he when he eats something really good, which is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, there was this moment in it where the rabbit goes, what do you think? And after he has a vision, um, the crocodile is like, it's good. <laughs> yeah this is transformative (laughs) experience and he's just like it's good
0: yeah yeah um okay what was one of the books that that didn't necessarily make the cut for today or maybe was like a runner-up
2: yeah so um nick and i had both mentioned this at one point at different times this is penguin and house and uh this is about a, a penguin who lives in a house with, a, with, like, a human teenager. And I'm not really clear if this penguin is supposed to be, like, a butler or a cook or if it's just a roommate or a pet. Doesn't matter. Um, this penguin, okay. like, will, like, make lunch for the teenager and the teenager forgets it. So the penguin travels all the way across Tokyo um, and delivers the lunch but when he gets there the teenager is already eating lunch that he bought with somebody else um, and it's heartbreaking and pretty much every story is something like this like the peng- like the teenager um, doesn't appreciate the penguin and it's very sad um, except that the te- all of the teenager's friends like the penguin and appreciate the penguin um, the penguin okay. does not speak um, but you can tell how it feels from you know the manga style facial expressions You know, you know what I mean? Um, Everything's like a little overacted. Um, This is a little sad, but it's absolutely adorable. Um, I will read more of this.
0: (laughs) I'm looking at the cover right now that Brian just posted in Discord. It looks very cute. Looks super cute. Yeah. Um, how did you come across this book?
2: I was at the library one day. Um, all right, never mind. Yeah.
0: Nick, how did you come across this book? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scrolling through the new manga tab on oh, okay. Comicsology. All right, same
0: shit. All right, you guys already know how you find comic books. This is stupid. Um, no, <laughs> no I, I shouldn't be surprised because you guys definitely, and they, this is why I wanted to do this episode, you guys definitely scrounge through places that I probably would like glaze over, um, like digging through the, the depths of of the Amazon listing pages for new manga or the RIP Comicsology manga page, right? Um, Or pages, I should say. And then Kate, I know you, I think you've mentioned this numerous times on the show. You definitely go through all of the books at your library, which is awesome, (laughs) which like shout out to the like Michigan library system for having such a diverse set of comics and everything, because I feel like I go to my library and I see all, half the books that are at the library I have on my shelves at home. Right. So it's not like I'm really pulling anything. And If I want to get something unique, I have to like request it from another library because they just don't have everything. And my library is small. I'm, I live in a small town. So i um, not surprised by that, but still it's, it's good to hear that like you're able to get books like penguin in house that are kind of like off the beaten path for manga readers. Um, and you can, you know, find something that's actually pretty solid. So that sounds like fun. Maybe I'll check that out. Um, Nick, what's, a, what's another book that was on your runner up list?
1: Yeah, for me, it's going to be Drifting Dragons by Taku Kuwabara. Okay. Um, not the weirdest thing out there, but it's definitely, I think, a little unconventional. This book uh, follows the crew of the Quinn Zaza. It's one of the few remaining operational draking ships, AKA they hunt dragons. Okay. And they go, they fly through the clouds on a zeppelin, uh, pursuing dragons and um, selling their meat to locals. Um, it's nice to see a book about zeppelins that doesn't involve uh, the Hindenburg or uh, Nazis. Um, so <laughs> there's some nice z- zeppelin redemption here for people who <laughs>
0: Nick, you don't want read enough zeppelins in a in a in a in a in a in a better light. What was that? You got to read more steampunk, is what I'm saying. I think what oh. Lady Mechanica, that's got to be full of Zeppelins, right? Wait. I haven't
2: seen a single Zeppelin in Lady Mechanica, but I will that's, write into the creator fucking about Fucking bullshit! It. <laughs> that's
0: bullshit because that's like a super steampunk like. Okay, book, maybe right? maybe in like a cityscape
2: type of of scene. Maybe like you know, okay. if you pull back and you look at the whole city, maybe there's one in one of those. But
0: okay, okay, I
2: have to reread the whole series just for this. Uh, absolutely no other
0: oh, reason. Shucks.
1: yeah. Oh well, uh,
0: but Nick, this so this is Zempl- Zeppelin Redemption as you called yeah. it. Uh, yeah, exactly. But what else? What else makes this a, a unique pick?
1: Yeah. So this crew is basically always on the move because a lot of towns in this world—I don't really know if it's Earth. I'm not sure—believe in this legend that any town that harbors a draking ship um, will then have a dragon descend upon that city, um, which is some interesting cause and effect logic. But uh, there it is. And uh, so you basically follow this crew and they travel all over and you learn about um, how they use the parts of the dragon and how they like chase them. And uh, basically, it's got a lot of wailing analogies. So if you read Moby Dick and said, I want more of this, <laughs> um, okay. I guess this might be for you. Uh but also there's this one guy named Mika who's obsessed with cooking parts of the dragon into appetizing recipes. Should have known. uh, Exactly. So the food has no business looking as good as it does in this book. There's actually even real recipes that you can follow um, at the end of every chapter. Of course, I don't know how you're going to get your hands on dragon meat. So maybe you'll just have to substitute something else. Tofu, Um, obviously. (laughs) I mean, Whole foods is getting weirder and weirder stuff all the time now. So you might, they might, they might have some, some dragon uh, these days, pick up some dragon and some kombucha. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's my usual whole foods trip. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't go there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would just recommend this just because, first off, visually, it's just a beautiful book. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. When you see these pages where the Zeppelin is crashing through these beautiful dreamlike clouds through the sky, um, you know, it, it feels like tapping into two or three of those Final Fantasy games I remember as a kid where you would have those moments and... Mm-hmm. um when everything was perfect and and you know you hadn't grown up and and
0: uh everything was perfect you, there was nothing wrong was in the world good. gas was you 89 just, cents a gallon and you just had a six pack of surge for the
1: weekend and <laughs> and and in a, a you know new york style pizza hut pizza and nothing was going to get in your way and no one was going to make you pay taxes so <laughs> Because you were seven. I'm not advocating <laughs> evading the IRS as an adult. Okay, Nick's
0: like, back in my day, they have, no one paid taxes. <laughs> yes. My parents haven't paid taxes in 30 Six years. Six pack
1: of Surge and a pizza. And this was me a couple months ago. No.
0: Nick's uh, trying to relive his seven-year-old dreams of Surge and Pizza Hut. All together. Final
1: Fantasy it. and tax mm-hmm. evasion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's oh, it's just brother. a beautiful looking book. Yeah uh i would there's like 12 volumes out so if you're kind of one of those people that is looking for a book but you want something where you're going to have some volumes that you can cut through and not you know just that overwhelming you know problem of like i like this book there's only three volumes um there's a lot here it's an ongoing series
0: nice yeah so cool um, well, I guess, Kate, did you have... I, I see in your notes you've got a couple more. Can you, you want to go over those real quick before we wrap up here?
2: Yeah, I'll just touch on them. Um, so, Giant Spider and Me, I've actually talked about on the show before. Um, this is about... It's post-apocalypse. There's a child and a giant spider living together in a cabin in the forest. And it is like a slice-of-life cottagecore story with the giant spider post Yeah. No,
0: yep. no thanks. Moving on. Uh, no, it's
2: adorable. <laughs> <That's> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there is my sister the cat there's a real animal theme today um
0: yeah yeah, yeah my yeah. sister
2: the cat is uh follow mostly follows this teenage guy um but he comes home to his like adoptive family who are all cat people except that the younger sister doesn't like talk and she she acts very cat like and she's basically just like a normal cat but in a dress like cat people except for the sister who's just a cat um right yeah oh okay well um on. Great, I mean, great manga honestly <laughs>
0: i i'm i'm I, I i have so many questions and i fear the answers of them um but okay so giant spider Me sees very cottage core vibes what is like the first volume about then is it just like hey hey big bro i made um flies wrapped in tapioca pudding <laughs> Or is is that what it is or it's been a
2: minute since i read it but like they're just okay. like they have to go and collect i don't know herbs and stuff from the forest like oh we've got to go find that that blueberry patch today and i have some blueberries for lunch and um i think that and they... this
0: little girl is frolicking through the through the woods and then meanwhile behind her is the biggest yes. spider you've ever seen just like knocking down full trees I can't, not quite that i don't thing, understand <laughs> kate i i saw a cover this this is a big ass spider okay um this is this this looks like harry potter sized spider in the forest and if you're saying that this is somehow wholesome is. i almost want okay i'm gonna have to read this and i'm gonna be very mad if it turns out this is like one of those like dating sim things where you think it's just a cute <laughs> oh, thing no. and then at the end it's demons oh, i'm no. gonna be really mad at you kate that's all i'm saying Um, But okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, we'll put, I guess I'll put all these books in the show notes. Um, Well, thank you guys for wrapping, or we'll wrap the show up. Thank you guys for giving me some strange manga to read. I will say I was very pleased with both of your picks. So like solid job. I appreciate it. Um, I'm probably going to continue to read both of them um, just because they're really fun. And you know, they're like a nice turn off your brain, read this goofy thing, have a good time kind of book. So. I will say next week's episode, I'm going to Canada. So to celebrate America's National Memorial Day, we're going to have a mini zode instead. um, I sat down, uh, me and Danny, I should say, sat down with Logan Rogers and Jason Holtzman, um, editors of Tales from the Cloak from Volume 2. We did an interview with uh, CK and Aubrey earlier last year um, for Volume 1. So this is Volume 2. So the new editors and all sorts of stuff, we're going to talk about their comic interests and their backgrounds. They're pretty young dudes. So it's interesting to like, talk to folks that aren't in their mid thirties about comic books for for a change Um, and it's a very interesting uh, conversation because we talked about like all the work that goes into creating an anthology and stuff so I think you guys are going to enjoy that next week so uh, I will say I didn't do this at the top of the episode Uh, we're supposed to do housekeeping but you can always follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Discord we've got our Goodreads we've got our YouTube channel you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast to get access like season two of a better Batmobile which is dropping later this month Um, or maybe IRCB movie club we've got all that stuff it's all on there Um, plus the cool giant days of our lives thing that's there and I've got like a really cool shirt on that has that. Um, Xander is lurking in the dark keeping you safe from the monsters who skulk in the ether. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. I want to say thank you to Kate and Nick for recording this episode with me. Thank you for everyone hanging out with us on Discord. Thank you to Brian for proof listening and until next time comics are good and so are you.